Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to the golf show. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, um, not only in sports, but in golf. You know, all the tours are playing again um, for the most part. They're playing in Europe, they're playing here, they're playing, um, you know, in a wide variety of places, um, and there's a whole lot of it to watch, and one of my favorite times of the year is when the British Open is on, because it's on early in the morning, it's done by early afternoon, mid-afternoon, and you still have a whole day. Well, the, the uh, ladies are playing... Uh, their British Open uh, this week, and um, one of the guys who uh, has covered the LPGA um, over the years, and um, as well as the, the rest of golf, but he's done some outstanding work covering the LPGA, and he's joining me now on the golf show, Ron Syrak. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Always good to be Back in Western Pennsylvania, even if it's only virtually. <laughs> well, and and we appreciate you keeping that um, that connection with Western Pennsylvania because anytime you come on my show, I always get a kick out of saying that you uh, you keep an eye on what's going on back here, even though you're um, up up there in the uh, Northeast and in enemy territory, I guess. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's strange. Uh, um, uh, Royal Troon with a play in the Women's British Open this week is one of my favorites. Uh-oh. I believe we have made, uh, we have lost contact with Ron. Um, that wasn't a great connection anyway. But um, my producer, Matt, I'm sure, will work on getting him back. Um, I have heard other people this week say the same, uh, that, Ron was about to say um, that Royal Troon is is one of his favorite courses, and that's one of those deals where, you know, you say British Open or or golf in the UK, people say right away St Andrews, Muirfield, Carnoustie, you know, all the big names, but people don't understand how many good courses there are over there. And uh, Ron is back with us. Hello. How, did you take a little trip there? Yeah, yeah the connection dropped. I mean, the Good. technology is a, both a blessing and a curse. 
you know, uh, it's as I was saying that I, I was at Troon in 1997 when Justin Leonard won the uh, the Open over there. It's, it is one of my favorite golf courses. But you know, the weirdness of the time that we're in. Um, the PGA Championship a couple of weeks ago was my 175th major that I've covered. This is my 176th major that I've covered. But these are the first two that I've covered virtually, remotely. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching TV feeds on my laptop. I'm doing interviews by Zoom and, uh, and I'm writing from here. And, and from what I'm hearing, it looks like the same is going to be the case at the, uh, at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot at the Masters, uh, in, uh, in, um, November at Augusta. They're going to be not only conducting those events with no spectators, but with very, very, very minimal media. And, you know, I've contended since I got in the business that nobody really cares about how we have to do our jobs. They just want to read a story in the paper the next day. They don't care what you had to do to get story. Well, it's, it's as we go into this new territory, you're, you're right, and it's, it's been in force since, it, since golf has come back. Media access has been slashed in terms of being able to get to people, uh, to interview people. Um, it's, it's a new game, and, and you're right. Uh, for guys who have been doing it for a long time, this is a real eye-opener. Yeah, you know, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing what they can. They're doing everything yeah. they can. Uh, you know, like during the PGA, uh, I was able to, I could make a request uh, uh, for a Zoom interview with a player. But, you know, that it's only a request. If I'm at the tournament, you know, and I can track that person down in the locker room or on the practice range or in the parking lot or someplace and, and get what I need. And, and, and now we uh, uh, it's not the case. You know, I don't think this is the beginning of what's next for us, but, but uh, um, um, uh, I, I do think we are going to learn uh, some things for us. And uh, uh, I, I hope one of the things that they learn – is that it's better for them not to have media on site because I don't think that's true. Uh, I've always felt that the, the highest standard of accountability that I'm held to as a journalist, if I write something critical about a player or an official, can I look them in the eye the next day and feel that I was fair to them? And, and, and we need to be held to that standard of accountability. We need to interact with these people as human beings so that we treat them like human beings. I agree wholeheartedly, and you can tell we're from the same same generation. Um, give us a little overview of, of uh, the start of the LPGA season. Um, you know, much, obviously, a lot of attention to the PGA Tour season. How has uh, the LPGA gotten going? Well, you know, the LPGA, both as an organization and its individual players, don't have anywhere near the financial safety net below them. Uh, um, the women are playing for about one-fifth the prize money of the men, so uh, it was important for them to get back out there. Uh, that said, the LPGA was one of the first sports organizations affected by COVID-19 because they played the first two tournaments in Florida, the next two in Australia. Then they were going to go, in February, they were going to go China, Thailand, Singapore, and those were the first three events that were canceled because because that's where the virus first had its impact. And it got back to the United States, and then they started canceling events. Well, 
They threw together the first tournament back. They called the Drive-On Championship. They got a bunch of their uh, corporate sponsors whose tournaments have been canceled, pulled together a million dollars and, and um, uh, played it at Inverness, great golf course in Toledo, where the Solheim Cup's going to be next year. And the next week was going to be the Marathon Classic, so they were able to uh, create their first two weeks in a bubble uh, in, in Toledo and had the first two weeks back. Then they hurdled all the players and caddies onto a charter and flew them to Scotland for two weeks there, the Scott, Ladies Scottish Open and now the uh, Women's uh, uh, British Open. And, and then when this tournament's over, they're going to take a shuttle to Rogers, Arkansas for the Walmart tournament. So they're doing the best they can to keep the players um, uh, in a bubble, protected. And so far, uh, it's all working. So you, you talked about the the um, financial situation, and, you know, you you look down the line in, in the, uh, you know, money list every week, um, you know, those, those ladies are – are not making a lot of money, and you have to assume that they're they're dipping into you know whatever money they've been able to put away, and and you know going back to sponsors, trying to you know get enough money to keep going with the hope that they're going to win and and you know get a little more safety, I guess. Yeah, you know when you you look at some of the the, the team athletes who who for for very understandable reasons, have chosen to opt out of the season and, and not play because of uh, safety concerns, health concerns. And, and really the women golfers don't have that option. Um, um, uh, they, they, they need that money. Uh, they're not only playing for one-fifth the prize money, they're, 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 they get about one-fifth the endorsement money too. Uh, so um, uh, now Commissioner Mike Wan has done an incredible job. Uh, he took over in 2010 and uh, the LPGA had been battered by um, some questionable business decisions by the previous commissioner and then got hit by the Great Recession, and they were down to 23 tournaments in 19, uh, in 2010, uh, the fewest tournaments it had since 1971, and he's brought it back to 34 tournaments. Um, uh, I, I think that there's probably going to be more pain this year for the LPGA, there's supposed to be another Asia swing in October. Uh, I'd be surprised if that happens. And they're supposed to go to uh, Korea, Japan, China. Um, uh, I have a feeling those events uh, won't happen. Yeah. Um, but what what the commissioner's doing is looking towards next year, trying to figure out how to come back with a robust schedule for next year. And then in 2022, they have a new TV deal kicking in, which should help the uh, LPGA financially. And I wonder, you know, like everything else, you have to plan for next year. But who who says that we're going to be in a much better place next year than we are now? Nobody seems to know that. What I'm hearing is that uh, what the LPGA is doing, and and I'm sure that most sports are doing this too, is they are they have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C. You know. uh, you know, this year the, the uh, uh, season started in, in January in Florida. Uh, they probably are working on a schedule that would be similar to that for next year. They probably are working also on a schedule that may start the season later, you know, started in March or something, because mm-hmm. because the right now the Women's U.S. Open is going to be in Houston uh, the week before Christmas in December. 
So there's not going to be that much of an off season. So I think what they're doing from everything I'm hearing coming out of headquarters is uh, they are planning uh, 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 several different versions of a schedule for next year, all depending on, on how this crisis, where, the, where we stand in terms of this crisis when the new year dawns. Well, I, uh, as we get down to our last couple minutes in this segment, um, I mentioned earlier in the show about the uh, the big loss that our our profession um, sustained this week with the passing of uh, our friend Vartan Kapilian. Um, you were around him and worked with him a lot over the years. Maybe you can um, tell the listeners a little bit about him from your perspective. Well, he was he was Mr. Golf in Detroit, uh, um, um, and just. One of the sweetest, nicest men. Uh, at, uh, uh, I'll tell you a story. In '97, we were going to Spain for the Ryder Cup, and we're at the airport in Malaga. And, and uh, I'm at baggage claim, and Barton sees his golf clubs in their travel bag come come through baggage claim, and he goes over, he opens it up, and he looks in, and he sees that his brand new $500 driver is missing. So he quickly calls security over, and the security guy comes over, and he's explaining that his that his driver has been t- is is missing. And the security guy looks into his golf bag and says, "But sir, you have so many others in there, you know." So. <laughs> oh, I, but, uh, and Barton was not only a great journalist, but he fought very hard for the rights of journalists. Uh, he yes. was a past president of the Golf Writers Association. And worked very, very hard for a profession that he believed in. He, and I mentioned early when I talked about him, he was a guy, one of the guys who, who set standards for generations to come. Now, I understand things are going to change, but Varton and, and his generation of guys, including you, made things, you know, how they are for us today. Well, when I was president of the Golf Writers Association of America, uh, um, uh, Barton was one of the people that I leaned on a lot. And, and I remember specifically at the end of uh, uh, the 2010 season, we had we'd had a, a U.S. Open uh, at, at Pebble Beach and a U.S. Women's Open at Oakmont that both had some issues in terms of how the, the press and the media was handled. And Barton was one of the people who went with me at the end of the year to USGA headquarters in New Jersey to talk to them about about uh, the working conditions that we were under. Uh, um, he was somebody who uh, was very, very, very much um, uh, a defender uh, and a proponent of, of good working conditions for journalists. Yeah. Well, he'll be missed, <clears throat> no doubt about that. Ron, thank you for coming in or coming on with me this morning. Uh, I always appreciate the opportunities we have to chat, and and uh, we'll we'll try to uphold the Western Pennsylvania tradition that uh, you you so love. Is the baseball season over already? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it ended here uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we won last night. All right, all right, all right. Ron Syrak, thanks friend. a lot for Bye-bye. joining me. Bye bye. We'll talk to you soon. That is Ron Syrak, one of uh, golf's true gentleman and one of the best golf writers uh, that's ever come down the road. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about um, some golf locally and talk to a guy who's uh, doing it 
probably better than than anybody else right now, and there's still some golf left on the local local scene. So we'll talk to Devin Gee from Oakmont uh, right after this break. You're listening to the Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. 